Hey guys, this is your warning. We do post up spoilers at times we're relatively offensive. We use vulgar language. So if you think that any of those are gonna offend you in any way, shape, or form, take your step back right now. Cause buddy, uh, this is not the place for you. Any whom, have fun listening to us. And yeah, this has been your final warning. Welcome to yet another episode of Cinematic Anarchy, and uh, today we're going to be discussing a film picked for us uh, by a, a new friend of the podcast. Uh, he was with us uh, just a little bit ago, the uh, man from Clockout Films, Dan. Hey, how's everybody going? How's everybody doing? Oh, got a little bit of whiskey there. <laughs> I'm doing good. I'm doing all right. I'm, I'm okay. I don't know. Maybe not as well as I'd like to be. <laughs> Are you sure, sir? Are you sure? <laughs> And, of course, joining us uh, as well is Miss Piper, our new mainstay for the hey. podcast. Hello. And uh, we are going to be discussing a film chosen by Dan, Spookies. And uh, you want to lead us? Yeah, yeah. Well, originally titled Twisted Souls before it was taken out of the hands of the original producer and uh, director and kind of mashed in with somebody else's directorial vision. Yeah, I heard it was originally called Twisted Souls, and then for some reason the, the production got, like, blocked in almost, like, three times, I think. And so they just kept reshooting, re-editing, reshooting, re-editing, all in the same house. And they just kept adding new things, adding new things, to where it becomes, like, this just jumbled mess. <laughs> oh, my God. But it's such a good jumbled mess from what I saw. Like, this was my first time watching it. Because I've never seen this movie ever before, so I wanted to like do a, like a podcast just coming in with a completely clean slate. So um, this is like a first time viewing for all three of us, then. Yeah. <laughs> oh wow. I honestly thought at least you had knowledge of the film. I didn't realize that we were all coming in fresh off this. <laughs> <laughs> no, completely fresh. Last night was my first viewing, so coming in with a completely fresh, uh, fresh outlook. I went um, in. And Bought the Vinegar Syndrome release, especially to to watch this film. So nice. Yeah. yeah um, it was my choice because uh, I have memories of seeing it in the video store, the VHS copy. Uh, my grandparents had it in their video store, and I'd always like look at it and always intrigued me. But I never brought it home for some odd reason. I never watched it. I always ended up putting it back because maybe it looked too well spooky. <laughs> Which it turned out to be a lot less spooky than the uh, cover might. Yeah, kind of tease you to feel. Yeah. Uh, well, that also depends on your viewing age. Okay, that's, that's true. That is also true. That's fair. I'm Honestly, also. It was actually pretty clean for a for a horror movie. Uh, it was actually mo mostly just. I, I guess you could say like a very, a very bloodless creature fest. Well, they were going for, like, a PG-13 rating, weren't they? Or okay. I should say that the original idea was not to keep it PG-13, but when it was taken out of the hands of the original director and they were working it over to kind of fit it into what they wanted, they were trying to get it to be about PG-13. All right, then that makes um, more sense. Because a lot of the horror is, like, the creature effects themselves and all the chase scenes. So less gore, no nudity, minimal. I was like, I don't blood. even think there's. I was expecting like the 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 valley chick and the the greaser dude to like get it on before like the muckman came. 
I was expecting oh God, his leather outfit. Something. <laughs> what was that thing? It was like a trash bag with like a line through, with like a white line through it. What I was that white not... line was a zipper. It was it was it the zipper? Oh my god! It Imagine was. trying to get through that in the morning. What I was not <laughs> expecting was the uh, god damn bad British shovel. accent oh to come out of god. Andrea's mouth that early in the film. Just like an overdone stage British accent. Oh, yeah. You know, I was against that bitch the whole time until she started fighting back. Well, when she fought back a little bit, I was like, okay, I, I kind of hope for this, this, uh, you know, this odd mouth effort to actually kind of survive. It was the most minimal self-preservation. I was be like, honest. you know what? Just kill her. Like anytime she opened her mouth, I was like, kill her. It was she, like minimal self-preservation, minimal. But she, she had it. Her have... whole thing was self-preservation. Everybody else's was like, well, Duke was just a douche. <laughs> Duke was a douche. Uh, yeah. What about that what about that little in, little part they had, like that little back and forth? He's just like, I don't feel like doing nothing. I was like, where did that come from? Why is he in a bad mood all of a sudden? It was his idea to come in here and party. <laughs> I was wondering about that, too. I, I was kind of hoping at first, though, that the... Uh, the scene, the one who seemed kind of in tune with the psychic stuff, would be the one who actually got through the movie. No, she's the first one to be like, "I'm gonna kill you all." It's a lot of uh, a lot of personality disorder dialogue going on throughout this movie. As people will be completely okay. normal, and then they're just like messing with each other in like very bipolar ways. It's just like, yeah, I want to drink. You're not even a drinker. Yeah, well, watch this. I feel like yeah, before like that, like that I'm drinking now. I feel like the four women in the movie were good friends and the guys just got dragged along for the ride. Like, and these are all like conflicting personalities. So all of oh, them yeah. were just Especially, sort of... Especially, um, you know, the old guy uh, who's just randomly there. Mr. Peter. Because <laughs> everybody else is kind of like college there. age and then you have like the dad. <laughs> Fair enough. That might have been Megan's sugar daddy. Who, uh, who ends up uh, diving through the door. That <laughs> that was fun. Just head first, straight through the door. You're lucky that the door was paper thin. If that was a much more solid door, then we would have had a much different scene. Well, the doors kept locking throughout. Why didn't he just use that tactic, tactic throughout the whole movie? He's like, the store's locked. Hang on, guys. Wait, yeah. did they, <laughs> were they locked? Diver, or did they, uh, were they locked or was the kitty man holding them all? Because every time oh, he yeah, saw a door like, and they were trying to like go through a, it, the cat was like holding them in all the time. It was yeah. holding the it's knob like every time the they were trying to get out a door, he was holding the knob. That was one. There was one scene in this movie, like he was following the bad British heifer up the stairs, and the next thing you know, he we saw him. He was following the other bride woman down the stairs. Oh yeah. I was yeah, like, why didn't you cat. finish why that bitch he, off? Why isn't he like knocking stuff off like the counters at night? <laughs> Fair enough. Where's his cat box? Oh, yeah, where's his cat box? Maybe it was somewhere in the basement. Maybe that's what the muck men were. They were all of his uh, kitty litter. That's why they're making I mean, they, they, all they did. I was wondering about that. Like, why were they farting? They, not only were they farting, but the sounds that they're supposed to be making of, like, groaning or whatever, it's literally just hogs oinking. Yeah. So farting like, and oinking. like a... <laughs> And I'm like, wait, 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 wait. I was like, wait, like did they, they just fart? I'm like, sitting here watching it. And I'm like, what is going on? Like, what? Who in the Foley room was just like, you know what this this sexy needs? 
right, guys, I can handle this. <laughs> what? <laughs> no, what? Some guy probably just farted as they were editing. I'm like, wait, wait, wait. Let's go with that. Can you do that again? Just... Oh God! If all the listeners do that again, like, your butt about what we're talking about, this is just how the movie plays out. It's just it, it plays out like one of those weird like nightmares where everything is just randomized and you're in a new room with no explanation. That's just how the movie plays well, out. It plays out like a well, weird I mean, dream. Go back, to go back to what you were talking about, Dan, like whenever it was like there was a conflict between the humans, it did just seem out of place because all of a sudden there was conflict. It's like it wasn't conflict that built up. It was like all of a sudden, dude just had an issue with somebody, or this person had an issue with this other person. All of a sudden, it's not something that built up to an issue. It was like, fuck it, we're going. Yeah, like and then, and it wasn't like an issue of like them trying to figure things out to get out of there. It was just like they were just chilling, and then one person would just have like an episode. So I guess it felt throughout like this movie was, and it was actually after I I started listening to the. Uh, the commentaries that they had, or documentaries that they had attached to the Blu-ray. Certain scenes were filmed outside of the original scenes that were filmed with the, uh, well, I guess teenagers and the old man in the house. Uh, college mm-hmm. students, I guess. So almost everything that was done with, like, the Catman and the Bride and the Wizard, I, I guess, is, it, is he a wizard or a sorcerer or whatever? Crayon? Um, mixture of the two, like a a mixture of like the tall man, um, Radu, and Vigo the Carpathian. He's a whistler. <laughs> <laughs> With a little bit of Mr. Freeze. <laughs> but I think those were filmed to kind of intersplice with all those other scenes. Mm-hmm. So they were filmed to kind of make sense of the footage that they had taken and are now trying to make a movie out of. Right. And you can tell, like, when, when some of those scenes were like separated from each other because like there's that there's the the weird ghoulie lizard things right that just attack the girl <laughs> and you can tell like the the girl was shot completely separately with her reactions yeah the i think creatures... there's one scene i almost checked out on and that's when the arachne came in the spider woman <laughs> the spider bitch the spider bitch played by supek i don't do spiders you don't like spiders or uh, do spiders. humans that turn into spiders I don't do spiders wanna, uh, at all. I want a showdown between Spike the Spider Gremlin and that and the and the Spider Bitch. I want to team up with that. <laughs> that would be an interesting like crossover movie. Mm-hmm. Just do a sequel specifically with say, those two. Yeah. The woman, the woman who turned into the Spider Bitch, gorgeous. She was absolutely stunning. And then and she was turned she just into... like hanging out down there until someone came down. Like wouldn't I guess kind of like she a was real summoned. Spider. She was summoned. She was summoned. Oh, yeah. He summons like the demon. Because if, the, when the, uh, the, when the, the, the she moved the Ouija board thing, she like she pointed it to a different demon every time. You were paying attention because like, we had the Reaper. I, I was too like like what am what what am I watching? I'm actually starting to wonder if uh well you know because you talked about how they were filmed like some things were separate or whatever. It's like how separate was she doing this? Because it's like she was summoning the demons, mm-hmm. but then you had other people's reactions being differently or being different. Well, in some cases, her summoning the demons, you're only seeing her hands moving the planchette on the Ouija board. So it may so not have even been the original Carol. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, when you're when you're doing like a film anyway, it's like she might have been called to scene just to be there for one whole day just to do the planchette shit. And then she was like gone while they were filming everything else. 
It's like we we need to just have this kind of coordinate with all the creatures that he's going to be summoning around the house. Creon's the one that's controlling everything anyway. It's mm-hmm. just he's using other people to go through the motions. Yep. And collect their souls. I didn't see a lot of soul collecting till the very end. Yeah. When he does like the little uh what was that? Like, the, like the blue filter that went over everything. The blue filter <laughs> the over everything. Carol's thing. head splits open like uh, uh the guy from Frank Hedenlotter's brain damage. Oh yeah. Yeah. You know, and they um, had a lot this of This was heads a very educational t- film, too, because this is the first film where I learned that Grim Reapers can explode when you throw them off a cliff. <laughs> throw them off the roof, boom. So if you yes. ever need to fight one off, throw him throw off a roof. Off. Yep. Little, if little, your time has come, just be, be sure you're out here you're buying edge. Little tidbit if about it, that be scene. Be really good with a fiddle or throw him off a roof. So did you watch this, uh, did you stream this, or do you have, like, a DVD or Blu-ray, or... I, it was on Screenbox, so... If you watch the scene where... Watch it on there. If you watch the scene where they throw the Reaper off the roof and he hits the ground, and they go cut away to that explosion, the cameraman actually had to duck the WD-40 cans that they used to create that explosion. So they used like oh, an M80 and two WD-40 cans to create the explosion, which subsequently shot off and came within inches of the uh, cameraman's head. Oh God! <laughs> if you know, like I, when I, I watched that a couple times because I was like la- laughing hysterically, and I noticed that the camera does jump very slightly, right? When the when the explo- before the explosion happens, because you got a guy now just hitting the deck. To... <laughs> now I'm wondering if to keep their PG-13 rating, they had to edit the, oh, fuck! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they just cut the sound out all together. Just, like, camera, just, like cut out, cut, <laughs> cut out all the sound just and just, like, overdub it with the explosion sound. Oh, man. <laughs> Hit the fucking deck! <laughs> <laughs> this movie is literally what you would call a monster mash. It's a, yeah, mashup of, uh, Monsters that don't seem to go together. Yeah, it's. Just I mean, like, yeah, you have like you... you have the Spider Woman. You got like the weird witch lady who just like appears. That for, like, one didn't make no seconds. sense. Yeah, she was just like, <laughs> and then like then she's gone. <laughs> the cackling rubber witch. Oh. Yeah. Hey, Jefe. Yeah. This goes and this also goes into our line of Muppeteer movies. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I guess it would fit a lot of these feel more like Muppet creatures than anything else. The Honestly, the Grim Reaper kind of felt like an overdressed professional wrestler, like a luchador. <laughs> he really did. But that cackling witch was totally a puppet of some sort. That, well, I mean, it fits along with Rich's puppet that he went through the movie with. The wise, cracky <laughs> alcoholic. They're probably off on their honeymoon now. What if that's just the demonic version of Rich's puppet? That, that could be true. Because you don't see it after he dies, so... I mean, you, you could... We, what other could monster? Totally, like, there was that, missed uh, the opportunity of making an ashy-slashy type of uh, scene with his puppet, you know? <laughs> right. You know, there is one... There's one monster that did not make sense, and that was the uh, the one that actually killed the bad British bitch. The fish-looking monster. Oh, like the, the, yeah. the, the weird eel-leech electric man? Right. Yeah, but it's like they did a close-up of his heart, but then it's never showed again. Like, what was the point? It's like, why did I, I need? Why like, did I need a close-up of his heart? His heart? Like, Unless that's the way they harvested that particular soul by melting her face. 
Very bad claymation melting. That was stop motion. I actually liked it. That like <laughs> like what what you were saying I, earlier. I did like, like it. Kind of like kind of like the first Evil Dead, how the deadites melt at the end. Mm-hmm. Now that you say it, yeah, yeah. Well, it's not only that. It's like I mean, look at Carol's transformation. She kind of looks like she could be a deadite. Yeah, I don't, I don't mind. I don't mind um, stop motion in my horror movies. I think they just went a little. Too I mean, I don't quickly. either. I think they went a little too well, they quickly. Were to it could have been PG. a little slower. They were trying than to make that. it PG thirteen. Yeah. True, true, true. If you're making it PG thirteen, you can have gore, but you can't linger on the gore. Yeah, you can have like a little, a little, a little, a little splicker. Yeah, so it's like kind of like with Five Nights at Freddy's when we saw the person get like you know bitten in half. Yes, mm-hmm. I went back and rewatched it, and yes, that bitch was bitten in half. You were right, El Jefe. Yeah. I'm just saying, because, like, they go but, on, and later on, when Peter and, uh, was it Megan and Linda? Megan, sorry. We gotta pronounce that right. Peter, Megan, and Linda. Her <laughs> name was Linda? You didn't remember the name? Nah. I'm only saying that because I, I didn't the remember her name. Up right here. <laughs> Linda? Linda was the one that was constantly tailing Duke around. Okay. The redhead. Okay. Yeah. That, was, that was Duke's girlfriend yeah me and duke always be together the one no (laughs) the one who was like she was like the uh how do you say it it's like it's a g word you know she was a gratuitous booby shot without being nude yeah she was definitely the the chesticles in the film yeah (laughs) it was like her boobs were the ones that jiggled the the whole movie i think that was on purpose they focused on that a lot a lot yeah they did but it's like she's a gratuitous boob shot without it being nudity but, uh, she was the boob girl for a kid-friendly horror movie. None of these creatures <laughs> yeah, fit together. Like, the, the zombies don't belong with the Spider-Woman, don't belong with whatever the, the electric eel fish man thing was. It, that was an amalgamation of, like, swamp creatures uh, with, a am guessing, an electric eel tail. Mm-hmm. It's the creature from the Blue Lagoon, or the Black Lagoon, mixed with, you know, Ursula's henchmen, mixed with something else. Oh, we're forgetting one. We're forgetting another creature, uh, the tall man minion. Oh yeah, the tall man minion. Yeah, remember um, from the Phantasm movies? It's like a they have like a Jawa um, a robe and cloak, and then but it was like um, a, that was that little boy. Was it the little boy? The little boy became that like little boy man. was in the Jawa cloak. The Jawa. Oh yeah, that's uh the that's son the of son. Isabel and Creon. So that's yeah, how they that's got the his guy. Soul. They buried him, and then he became the minion. The well, it wasn't I'm Billy. Slowly like, figuring this out as I recollect the. It wasn't in my brain. Billy. Was the third the boy who had just turned thirteen? He got killed by the weird kitty man and buried, or he got buried alive, basically. That's but that little boy was around before he. That's where his cat box <laughs> that, uh, was. He was just burying him with the, the little, shit in the litter. <laughs> I the little Jawa boy was a, was around before Billy was killed. That's right. We never see anything from the from the, the pedo stalker under the tree. He died. He got really? killed by the cat man. That's then, right. Yeah, did. we see him at but we do see him at the end come back up when the um that lady is leaving the house. Like we, the only woman the woman in the bride dress. Weirdly mm-hmm. enough from a marked grave. Which Well, don't forget that the one guy who ran out of the house and got sucked in had a marked grave. Which I'll I'll, I'll to the movie's credit, this was the scene that was actually pretty 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 intense was that zombie chase towards the end the zombie chase was pretty pretty well done so i don't i think it was a little uh overdone overdone to a little over long it was it was long for me they went (laughs) to a local high school that was what i was looking 
They went to a local high school to get all these kids to do the zombies. Oh, so wow. she's oh, basically cool. outside of the regular cast members, like the guy that, that was killed by the cat man in the tree, and Billy, who was actually one of the zombies. You get to see him for a brief oh. second, but you, you see him with the hat and everything. Outside of that, most of them, especially the ones that were like tackling her on the ground, were a bunch of zombie kids. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, so essentially you hired a bunch of kids to dress in zombie gear and then possibly inappropriately grope this woman as she's trying to hold her down on the ground. Eh. <laughs> 80s films. Sounds like a teenage, well, sounds like a typical teenage fantasy, you know? Well, I mean, if you can if hire you college it, level the for that. Knew, the actress knew what she was getting into. And when you hire a bunch of high school students uh, as extras, basically, that's a lot less you have to pay. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. Possibly, and possibly, I don't know, you have different schools who have different things, and, like, some high schools, like, at my high school, they were teaching, they had a course in psychology, which you normally don't take until, pre uh, until you know, college. Maybe they had a film or a drama thing, and this was part of their credit to do that, so maybe they didn't even have to pay all these kids. Maybe not. Or they or they just were just like, hey, kids, you want some free pizza? Sure. <laughs> so they just... That uh, too. They just gave him craft service. That's it. Yeah. I would have done it. <laughs> Me too. I would have gone just to be in a, like, any movie. For the hell of it. I would have done it just for the pizza. I have no shame. I'm I'll a little disappointed in myself that I never traveled to New York to take <laughs> advantage of any of the uh, all calls that uh, Mr. Kaufman point out. What? What did you say? Lloyd Kaufman. He used to put out like ads for people to come in. Would you like to work on a film for little to no pay and blah, blah, blah. And... Uh, he still does that. Yeah. yeah. It's like, I, I've never traveled out to New York to take advantage of that, and I should have by now. They're working on uh, a movie called Caterpillar, or Caterkiller right now. Caterkiller? And then Caterkiller. Uh, and, uh, they're, they're looking for help right now on that. So, I don't know if they're done If I could do it, I would. It's like, I just want to act. That's all I want to do. I'm kind of good with what I'm do. doing right now. I'm, I'm having fun. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I'm liking the podcast. Don't get me wrong, but we know acting's my dream. I'm a dream. <laughs> I, uh... I don't think I could act my way out of a wet paper bag. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. the right can script a, in the right direction, a... I think you have potential. You don't even have to have a script. Just have it on your head, rip it yep. open. There, you've acted your way out of a wet paper bag. There you go. Ad lib. Go. Have a look of disgust on your face. Uh, I don't have a wet paper bag available, so we'll uh, we'll just have to say, yeah, maybe I could. S speaking of uh, <laughs> Speaking of acting, okay, who was the best performer in this whole movie? The one that I appreciated the most was definitely uh, Rich. I like Spider Rich. Bitch. You know, for some reason, I like the wizard the best because I think he was having the most fun. You think that he was having and, more and fun Richard. than Rich? Even though Rickard was annoying, like <laughs> he just—he's the one that went all out with that role. That's true. Yeah, That's some true. of it just felt completely out of place, though. Like one minute he's like supposed to be scared, and you and like you know he's a jokester and all this other stuff. He's appropriately scared though. Next thing you know, they cut away. Carol's not there no more. And next thing you know, he's a jokester again. It's like, dude, what the fuck? Well, that that can just go with the directing and editing. He could that have, is they true. Could have told him to be serious in this scene, and then like, and then they jowled it together. <laughs> <laughs> I, <laughs> I, uh, I mean, I can well, definitely I'm be a Richard defender here. <laughs> I'm the I'm the I'm the defender of Rich. I I I. I really appreciated the wise-ass performance. I appreciated just like, hey, this whole place is a toilet. And then he decides to piss in the fireplace. <laughs> and he starts to piss in the fireplace. 
The thing it wasn't lit, that would have smelled awful. Oh, I know. I loved his opening line where they go over the bump, and he's like, hey, yeah, could you maybe uh, take it easy? He goes, I haven't drank enough to really appreciate the... Uh, I'm, you, or I haven't drank enough for me to be uh, have my brain splattered all over the highway. I'm not quite that... Uh... I need at least two more. Man, I am messing up that line. I am messing up the line. Basically... I'm not uh, quite drunk enough yet to appreciate my brains being splattered all over the highway was kind of the gist of it. But now I want to look up the line because that is not how he delivered it at all. <laughs> like, I, like I said, I, I did enjoy him at first. It's just that, like I said, and it could have been directing, editing, anything in that, uh, in that category. But like after he's appropriately scared and then next thing you know, his wife's cracking and being essentially a dumbass again. I'm just like, eh. Well, that it may just be how the actor himself, like, right. as an actor, did great. Yeah, it's like I can't, I can't fault him there. Like his acting was great, and I'm, I'm, I'm just going off the character, I guess. Like being, being a wise ass, being scared, and then being appropriately scared, and then just all of a sudden, and why would you follow a bitch that you don't know? Right. He probably has my favorite I mean, he, death too, with when his face becomes uh, deflated. Because the woman, because Spider because Bitch is stuck at his insides. Yeah, that's a, that kind of calls me back to Nightmare on Elm Street Four. Really? When, yeah, when Freddy basically sucks the uh, life out of the asthmatic oh, yeah, girl, yeah, 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 and she gets deflated. Mm-hmm. Or, um, but I don't know which one came out first. Freddy Four came out in like '88. When did this movie come out? Dream Warriors came out in. This is '88. Was it '88? Yeah. Okay. Did this this movie came out in '88. Yes, this movie came out in '88. Well, then they wouldn't have time to uh, mock each other. When did Dream Master come out? Isn't that the fifth one? No, fourth one. Fifth one is Dream Child. Right. Hmm. I can't remember off the top of my head. I feel a lot of editing. I need to hand in my Freddy fan card. <laughs> Nightmare on Elm Street Four Dream Master came out in 1988. All right, cool. So they're all 88. They definitely didn't have time. They definitely did not have time to uh, mock each other or copy each other. And I'm going to have to cut out a whole lot of silence there, just <laughs> to, to, to do that uh, that look up. Right. You got to Google, but sometimes. Sorry. Hey, that's okay. You know, that's what the, the power of editing is for. Exactly. Exactly. And that is not what Spooky's had. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. No. They had they had the power of editing, as in someone had too much power with editing. Yeah, it's like they did plenty of editing. It's just they. You know when edited. they say like it's better to have more footage than too little. I think this movie suffered from having way too much footage. I think the problem. Oh, we'll just put this here, and this it's like a jigsaw puzzle. We can make this fit. Yeah. I think the problem is that the the powers that be didn't allow the original director to go through with his own vision mm-hmm. and so it became this is not what he wanted this is not i guess twisted souls like a lot of this was out of his hands it was just his footage interspliced with what they felt was best do we know what he really wanted you know honestly i didn't deep dive enough to really know where they wanted to go with the whole thing i just know that the ending to the film um the pulsating grave that you see at the beginning and the very ending of the film that Creon kind of pops out of, you know, laughing his ass off. It wasn't supposed yeah. to be Creon coming out of the grave, but a whole bunch of, they were, it was going to be um, sort of animation. They were going to have, like, ghosts 
coming out of the grave. Oh. Uh, so spooky. That did seem like a very like empty shot at the end. When it he did. Out. I felt like they were trying wondering. hard to... How did to, he get in there? They were trying hard to lay out for a sequel, and they did not... They didn't land it at all. Mm. No, they did not. Because like I said, how did he end up in the coffin when he was dead up yonder, upstairs? Well, just Sorry, my southern came out. Just because she I mean, stabbed him in the head doesn't mean too. he's dead. It's well, not I, too late. It's not too late. I think all the filmmakers are still alive to give us a spookies too. They uh, they hinted not, at there wanting are, to do there a are plenty of people who could unofficial it. sequel. Yeah, there's only I, mean, I think directors do it all the time. There's only one person who is not currently amongst the living, uh, and that is uh, Maria Pachekis, I believe. Oh. Rest in peace. The woman who was actually entered, this was her first movie. The the bride. And, oh, no, that's oh. right. And also, the uh, woman who played Andrea is no longer uh, with us. That's fine. Oh, man. I mean, I don't want her dead, but um, I didn't want Andrea back in the movie anyway. None of them. rest with the muck man. All you need is the bride and, and Creon, really, because... The cat was mostly in makeup, and, and the kitty. little boy's an adult now. Yeah, so. there were like everybody died anyway, so you need to like kind of reset the main characters. Yeah, fair enough. So Although, yeah, like, I mean, they can bring the, the, the weird star back. of the movie is the house and Keon, and then like his his soul taking. So all you need is just like a new yeah. set of creatures to to exploit. And all you need is a new set of people to find the house and a new people to take the souls from. I believe. It would be mm-hmm. fun to, to bring back the original special effects team for the film, though. The uh, not yeah, special the, effects, I, but the people that, that did really the... holds up. Like it, it's almost like the uh, they had like a a horror movie. It was like watching a horror movie, but they cut all the boring stuff out and just kept in all like the monster stuff. It's like you know, I would wasn't actually any like really boring if this movie was coming out, I would definitely audition for it. Like if there was a sequel, Me too. Let's, let's, I would audition for we'll it. Stay on the books with that. Let's right. do it. Keep a very close eye on that. Let's do it. Let's do a petition. Spookies too. We'll do a Kickstarter campaign for the filmmakers. <laughs> but you must cast me and you. Me. Well, the man, last. Well, no, That's yeah. gotta be part of that I would petition. like to have my soul taken by the spider bitch. I'll a... let you because I don't want to be anywhere near that scene. <laughs> Watch it. I would get put in that scene just because I'd be the most terrified of it. <laughs> <laughs> do I really need to get in the, taken by the spider bitch? Yes. Get in there. Get in the web. I don't want to. This is like fear factor for me. (laughs) Just hearing me crying like a damn baby. I don't want to. Now, are they going to use your same scream and like just recycle it like they did with Richie's? I feel like the uh, the transformation scene just like was going on a little bit too long and just kept cutting back to Richie's same reaction. (gasps) And then we got like a different effect of the transformation, the same reaction. They were reminded f- me of, like, Greasy Strangler. Like, the Porto scene. <laughs> there were a few scenes that were a little more drawn up than they needed to be. Uh, I think also, one of the- again, there was a lot of head splitting in this, because you had that, the Carol's head split towards the end, where she's, like, you know, the blue the blue filter. And then the spider bitch's head kept splitting open to <laughs> reveal more. It was almost was like, like they, they filmed, like, like one, of those, um, one of those electric globes. And then they just zoomed in on it, and then just, <laughs> and then just, and then just put it over the footage. And it's just like, uh, just green screen the blackout, and then, and then there we go. There's our effect. Was what looking. are those things called? They were like they sold a million of. They were like the, they're like the lava lamps of the '80s. The electroglobes. 
Yeah, the electric globes. They have an official name. Oh, they definitely have an official name, but I cannot remember the name. Were they called the pla- a plasma globe? Plasma no. globe. Yeah, I remember um, Chunk. You know, plays with one in the attic in Goonies. It's definitely. Oh yeah. A- yeah, that's what it is. It's a, right it's a plasma you did globe. Shuffle, shuffle. <laughs> <laughs> they keep talking about a Goonies too, and I'm just like, just let it go. Richard Donner is not with us anymore. They're all like a little bit too old. The only way you can do it is if you just have Data be the main character. Like, so, Wait, like uh, Chris, I thought you brought that up to me. I, that's what I was saying. Is like the, really the only way that you can do it. I would not attach Corey Feldman to the project at all. Just put him aside. But you might be able to get like a couple of the main Goonies and maybe make it revolve around adventures of their kids. Yeah. Um, I mean, Sean Astin, I mean, he he was really good in Stranger Things. I could see him coming back and being Mikey again. And you got, I just uh, don't think Josh Brolin's coming back. Josh Brolin. <laughs> I mean, he could probably have a little cameo. He could have a cameo, yeah. That's and a... then Andy. Oh, oh man. God, what was her name? Something green. I don't know her real name. Uh, Lucas. No, the, the, the girl who played Andy. Yeah, the girl from Lucas. Yeah. I yeah. can't remember her lame, name. Lame. I can't remember her name either. Like, uh, what is Lucas? Uh-huh. Uh, um, well, she was in a movie with another Corey, Corey Hain. Carrie Green, that was her name. Carrie Green. Oh. Corey Haynes plays a nerd who gets on the football team, and then and then things go full circle again because Sean Astin goes on to play Rudy. You know who Carrie Green looks a lot like? I'm listening. Uh, Robin Lively. I could see. And Robin Lively was a very big like '80s it girl for like (laughs) Teen Witch, Wildcats. Wait, Wildcats was the '70s, late '70s. Never mind. But still. That threw me. She when a lot I, of things in the eighties. I found out that they, uh, she was the sister of Blake Lively. It's like I never connected those two together before, so it wasn't something I ever looked up because, not for nothing, you know, I, I didn't care find less about Blake until, Lively. Uh, <laughs> I didn't find that out until uh, oh Ryan Reynolds did that Mint Mobile commercial talking about his sister-in-law. Really? Yeah. Maybe I've just been outside of regular cable television for just long enough to avoid those commercials. <laughs> Did you not watch YouTube? Because that's where I saw the commercial. I are we really away from cable though? Because I feel like all the streaming services put together is just the same price as cable. I mean, yeah, I'm not but paying the, for if cable. That's we'll it, if they're get all put together, with ads anyway. But that's if you put them all together. The thing is, is like you can pick and choose which ones you want if you don't watch certain things on different streaming services. It's true, but exactly. But I'm I, I'm I'm needy, and I need all of them because I need all the content. The only time I get inundated, I can't with even ads watch like all the content. Tubi it's like, or it's freebie. Like, I, it's like, do I want to get rid of Disney Plus? No, I can't get rid of Disney Plus because I want to watch Simpsons. And uh, do I really want to get rid of Paramount Plus? No, I don't want to get rid of Paramount Plus because all my old Nickelodeon shows are on there. Also, I love Lucy's on there. I know. Oh, wait, that does make sense. Nick at Night. Mm-hmm. Because I love Lucy and I Dream of Jeannie and all that came on at Nick at Night, which was Nickelodeon at night. Like, you know what streaming services should do. Like, like trying to be like Spotify and be able to create your own like playlist, so you can like do your own like uh, syndications. That would be nice, right? Like setting up your own like uh, then would... set your own like Saturday morning cartoon lineup. Well, but see, and then they would actually find out like which shows that that they have on each streaming service are not getting watched and which ones are. 
They were trying to do something similar with uh, their... When they bought Anchor initially, they were trying to do something similar where they allowed their streaming service to be used. Like, you can use any music on their streaming service if you're a Spotify member to make a music-based radio show or podcast for their platform. So as long as you're making it for their platform or within their platform, the music will play alongside of the podcast that you're creating. So you, like, get to introduce the music. Like, you could be your own friggin' shock jock or whatever. Just kind of make your own playlist. Make your own podcast. So... That sounds kind of fun. I thought that was interesting. I'd like to see uh, what did you guys think that? of like the score in Spookies? I thought it was like a your a great like eighties uh, horror score. It was um, similar. I like kinda, most going of the music. back to Phantasm. It was kind of similar to the Phantasm themes. I've actually never seen Phantasm. Go ahead, give me your looks. See, I have. <laughs> but is... uh, the original, like the opening score, definitely drew me in. It's the reason why I dragged uh, Piper kicking and screaming into this podcast because there's a lot of movies that she's going to get to watch for the first time. So I'm going to be picking some choice films that I haven't actually gotten to do on the podcast because uh, Miss I, I don't know if you've run across our friend uh, Miss uh, Honeybee uh, Dan. I don't know. I don't think she was on the podcast when you were there I don't with think us. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've been on uh, with Sarah. You were on with Sarah, so that, she's from uh, Two Chicks Talking Flicks. Uh, okay. Their podcast is finally getting back up and running again. Good, uh, good. Yay! I know Sarah was going through a rough time for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sarah was, and then, then uh, a friend of hers was as well, the people, the person that she does the podcast with, and now they're uh, finally uh, getting things back together and kind of using uh, the their podcast for a little podcast therapy and getting back to it. So yeah, we kind of hit we hit a snag like that too in like the July months, like July August. I had a snag because uh, we we have uh, we're kind of switching out main uh, hosts for the podcast. Uh, Miss B is going on to do her own thing. We congratulate her. Uh, she's Aww. been working very mm-hmm. hard to become a tattoo artist for quite a while now, and she got the great news that the person that she's apprenticing under has finally uh, gotten licensed to run his own shop. And she's getting first chair in the shop. Oh, good for her. So she's a busy bee. Much congratulations to her. All yeah. pun intended. Thomas <laughs> Thomas was sort of a, a floating butterfly in this particular podcast. He was here, he was there, he was not there, he was just all over the place. So he may come back at some <laughs> point, but he's overseas. He's in the UK, so. It's like I joined in, what, late, was it like April, May? Yeah, you were you. Yeah, probably around May. You've been a guest on the podcast several times over the years too. So yeah, it's like, but it's like in when I was starting to become more of a main person. It's like in July I became homeless due to some stuff, and then it's like now I'm at a point where I can at least record from my phone. Hopefully soon I'll be in my own place where I can record back from my PC, and all of my audio will be clear. So I feel like Percent. we're. I want to ask what? you guys if now. We're, we're, we're going to get back to talking about Spookies for just a second. This okay. uh, this film in general, it was uh, rated fairly low, if I'm not mistaken. I'm looking up the IMDb rating for it right now. It was uh, rated 29% on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, That's actually a fairly high score. And it's uh, it's rated, <laughs> well, even higher. This was rated a 4.9% on uh, IMDb, which is a bit higher there. 
This could have easily been rated a lot lower on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, I, I see what you're saying. I would say, um, I would say it's fair though. Uh, jokes aside, it's not a boring movie. It's actually very entertaining. I mean, I just watched it twice. I watched it once last night and once before we started here today, and I'm not disappointed. It might, in it might not it. be like, yeah, yeah, it might not be a perfect movie by any stretch, but it's entertaining. I mean, it's one of those things. I wouldn't say it's a movie I'd watch like once a month or anything like that, but I mean. Hell, I'd definitely give it a gander every now and then. I mean, personally, I want to go and find out... It was not a boring movie. ...where uh, Rich's deflated face is. <laughs> well, apparently the actor that plays Rich had it. He owned it for a long time, but money became an issue, and he auctioned it off on eBay at one point. Oh, no. His deflated well, face? I hope whoever yep. has that has it secured in a glass case where... Richard's deflated head can live forever. Right. So that deflated face after the Spider Woman basically sucked all the vitality out of him. Good old Miss Spider Bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Spider Bitch. But personally, okay, how would you rate it? So given what they've rated it, uh, this is the first time for us watching it. What are we rating it out of? I'm, I always go 1 to 10 here, and you can rate it however you want, honestly. Sure, uh, you want to go 11? Go to 11, right. We are talking about making our rating system. Yeah, give an homage to Spinal Tap. You let it go to 11. <laughs> I'm looking forward to Spinal Tap 2, too, as well. Right, that uh, is in the works, I, isn't it? They were, they were yep, looking to... They were, I, Rob Reiner is, is directing Spinal <laughs> Tap 2 with the, the three main guys again. Oh, Honestly, I think it could work, it a, because like, it's, there's so much time's passed that they can do like the has-been... Aging trying, rockers like, thing? Regain their, uh, their, their yesteryear glory. Oh, uh, I can't wait to see Michael McKeon in the old gear. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, um, back to the rating. Uh, I, would, I would give it a 5.5. Like, even though it was confusing, it was muddled, it was all over the place, it still kept me glued to the screen. Okay. Because I wanted uh, to see what monster will pop up next. I'd give it a 5.75. Especially with my first watch. Because even though I thought the ending like was drawn out, I kept wondering, like, is she going to get out of this? And then it's like she gets right. It's like she ain't going to get out. Then she gets out and I'm like, is she going to get out? Alive? And then Catman was like, surprise, surprise. Hello, Mr. Kitty. <laughs> I want to say that basically considering the movie that we watched recently... Uh, Piper, we had we got <laughs> the the pleasure the pleasure of watching Thanks Killing, which was I, I it, it was uh, I don't have anything good to say about it honestly. <laughs> it was I don't it's one of those films that I just kind of they were going for comedy all the way through. There was nothing about the movie that was supposed to be taken seriously, but even the plot I I fell asleep a couple times trying to watch the movie. It was just not interesting enough for me to commit to watching the uh, third one. Watch the first one, not going to watch the third one. Given that, that I have that fresh in my mind, I would probably rate this about a six. A little higher, because there is far worse out there, and this was actually entertaining. Yeah. <laughs> I have something to say for... about things, Kaylin. What, you want to say something? Something positive. What do you want to say? I say something positive. Okay. It's going to be fun to rip it apart artistically. <laughs> I, if you get a chance to sit down, have you watched Thanks Killing at all? Me? Yeah. Um, I have not watched Thank Thanks Killing actually. I, there's one that like kind of like uh, zoomed me by. Don't I haven't really. gobbled it up yet. Yeah, gobble gobble, motherfucker. I think that's their tagline actually. 
Don't do it. It is well worth not watching, as far as I'm concerned. I watched it Poultry just so we could do a podcast on it. Poultry Guys was pretty I've, good, though. I've, that was fun. I've got to watch the whole thing. Movie. I've only seen bits and pieces. Bits and pieces of what? I'm sorry, Pipe. Poultry Geist. Oh, Poultry Geist. You should watch the whole thing. Yeah, it's I need, to, wa- I need to watch the whole thing. Goes along. The only thing I've seen of it is, like, the whole, like, back kitchen scene of all the murder. So, just to be... Uh, this feels a little disappointing. IMDb rating on Thanks Killing is 4.2, with Spookies being a 4.9. Yes, Spookies is rated higher, but it should have been a lot higher than this. Oh, Thanks yeah. Killing should have been like a 0.1, maybe to the negative. Like Spookies deserve they have a to be great like in, in, in a, big, a, a full a three to a four is like unwatchable. Like it like Spookies needs to be at least at a at like a five-ish area. It's at least a it's a good yeah. it's a good between time. A five and six. All right. I haven't gotten a chance to we haven't gotten a chance to do that particular podcast with Miss Peyton yet, but I will say with low budget films, you can either skimp on the acting or skimp on the uh, practical effects or skimp on the script a little bit, but you can't do all of them at the same time. You can't right. just kind of say, I'm going to do the bare minimum on everything to put it together. I felt like script was lacking the actors didn't seem to know how to act the guy that played the turkey compared to the guy that played the hand puppet turkey throughout the entire film none of them could act across from him he had all the charisma so when the hand part puppet turkey is the one that has all the charisma in the film something's going on here it's not good mm-hmm. so it became a muppet movie it basically became a muppet movie yes <laughs> uh, or ghoulies three Okay. I've never seen Ghoulies. <laughs> You've never seen. <sighs> I knew I was gonna get that look from both of y'all. You're gonna, you you haven't seen it yet. See, you're you're giving me a yeah. list. If you like, you remember Spookies, my list. If you like Spookies, you will love Ghoulies. Okay. You're gonna watch Ghoulies. The, the, the original Ghoulies has has a similar vibe to what Spookies was trying to do with Keon and everything. Wouldn't you huh. say, Chris? Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot of with potty whole, humor like, in that uh, too. With the whole <laughs> monsters coming out from a Ouija board incantation thingy, and they're all fun monsters. Oh, <sighs> all these movies with Ouija boards, and I'm just wanting to yell at the screen: "Salt! All you fuckers need some salt." <laughs> stop playing with Ouija boards without stop playing with Ouija boards. Period. What movie did we just watch that you were saying that? You were talking about a Ouija board. What what movie did we just watch you that mean? you were yelling at uh, us about? You know, the Exorcist. The Exorcist. That's right. Uh, what about the Witchboard like, series? You know, huh? honestly, the first few Witchboard movies were not all that bad. It's once they started to to get past like four, five, six, and they kept going on. There's like what, like sixteen of them now. Yeah, it was a lot. I, I, at least I've never I mean, seen any I mean, of them. I mean, that happens with every series. You get that. You get that sequel latest. It, it got to the point where it became TNA, TNA with a Ouija board. That's kind of where it, where it went. I mean, all the isn't that how most really horror movies end up going until they start bringing Doll Man in? I think that's where it falls off for me. <laughs> I've seen one Puppet Master movie, Tim and that was the one that was done not too long ago. Tim Thomas is where it fell off for you. Yep. Oh, okay. No, I'm kidding. I think he's a highly but underrated actor. Honestly, I love is. the Trancers movies. That he was in. I liked the Dollman movies. 
Dollman versus the demonic toys that was kind of half and half about. Isn't this where most horror movies go when they start having sequels? Like after number one, if number one wasn't also a TNA flick, most of them become a TNA flick with lots of blood. Yep. Yeah, yeah. That's sort of a formula like for maybe uh, except for Freddy Krueger movies, like because most of those weren't about the tits and ass. That's I mean, the Salem's Lot too. What, what didn't that have like a lot of like tits in it? Because <laughs> I remember like my mom let me uh rent it because the first Salem's Lot was just a TV movie so she's like right. oh yeah this one's okay for you to watch and it was a completely different movie thanks mom thanks, answered mom. a few questions like, for me when the tv movie gets <laughs> when the tv movie gets funding <laughs> yes tv goes so well i wouldn't say that tv movie becomes late night cable movie it's still a movie right it's just it's being handled a bit differently <laughs> You know that it, it went from being like, "Hey, CBS Fair" to uh, Joe Bob Briggs uh, Drive-In Theater Fair. And it's funny, like we say that you say that the sequels become TNA Fair. That's exactly what happens in Ghoulies Three. Ghoulies Three is essentially just a college sex comedy with Muppets in it. I, that's a fair assessment. You know what you need to watch, yeah, Piper, I and I'll guarantee I, I I feel like you're going to tell me you haven't watched it, uh, Critters. If it's a movie with pop- that's I've seen bits and pieces <laughs> he's of like, he's about to say, If it's a movie with puppets... <laughs> if it's a movie with puppet sex, I saw Team America. But... <laughs> but um, Critters... That's Marion uh, I've seen bits and... <laughs> when I, I've seen bits and pieces of it. I want to say I sat down and watched the whole movie when I was a kid. Not like not because I wanted to, but because my dad wanted to watch it. But I couldn't tell you anything that happened except for maybe a big ball. That might have been the third one. That's the second one. Where they all come together and become uh, a, a big critter ball and run people see, over, turn them into skeletons. But critters, I'm not against, I'm not like against seeing it. Like I always wanted to watch it. My mom was never going to rent it for me though, because um, I thought it was no more bad than Gremlins. But that's because I saw movie boxes. Did you just compare critters to Gremlins? In fairness, I was a kid and I just saw movie boxes. So as a kid, I had I was allowed to watch Gremlins. So when I saw critters and it kind of had the same name ish and they were little like little beasts you know i was like <laughs> maybe it's about the same mom was like no did you ever run across hobgoblins when you were a kid no well munchies munchies well like, <laughs> like i might practice witchcraft but i ain't seen a hobgoblin no i'm just kidding um munchies no did everybody smoke weed the thing that looked like no, a, no, a no. Uh, muppet john stamos amalgamation <laughs> what word did you just use? Amalgam- amalgamation? Ma- we'll say mashup. That's okay? an SAT word if I ever heard one. <laughs> SAT word. I-, I pull out the $10 words every once in a while. <laughs> um, you, do you, you just pulled a triple letter double word, double word score for Scrabble. I don't know if that would be a triple letter double word score. There's some other ones that you got to use for that. Maybe it's a double letter triple word score. You got to get the, the XYZ in there. When in doubt, always use an S, so you can take that person's word. Fair enough. <laughs> amalgamation. Amalgamation. Amalgamations. Yes. Huh. Amalgamations. Okay. Oh, amalgamation. There you go. Right. Oh. <laughs> or sometimes it's an ES, depending upon the word. Yep, depending upon the word. Occasionally, you got to pull an ES. <laughs> <laughs> Why does that just sound dirty? How do you think a sequel to this movie would go? With my death I, I and spider we'll bitch's both- web. What'd you say, Pike? I said, with my death in Spider-Bitch's web, I've already cast myself <laughs> in this movie. 
I think similar to the way we pitched it earlier. I think a sequel would be, um, what's his name? Keon Creon. Crayon. Crayon. Yeah. Crayon. Crayon. Very Crayola. close to crayon. 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 <laughs> Marker. He's playing with all the grays in the box. <laughs> his name is Crayola. Crayola. All right, so uh, the uh, Crayola the wizard, um, he has to. <laughs> he comes back from the dead or whatever, and Crayola the wizard has to uh, obtain a new wife because the other one, you know, ran away and got killed by the cat man. And we basically just just kind of rehash Big Trouble in Little China. He's got to find a new wife <laughs> and um, and obtain the souls to get his power. Just okay. with different monsters. Just and with diff- like a different needs, a different group of people he, and new monsters. If he needs a list, if he needs a list, he can go watch the 2013. I think it was Cabin in the Woods. They had a whole list of monsters from mythology back there. There you go. Especially the merman. I think the merman and like yes. the other guys need to have a face off. <laughs> is it a lizard guy or is it like a snake guy? Like I can't tell. I can't tell. What lizard guy? The lizard guys that were there two of them. The lizard guys that that got poked with like the uh, oh um, the, the the fireplace the fire poker. poker. Yeah. yeah, they looked like mer- mermen basically. I think yeah, those were like I mean, mythological mermen though, because like I, if you if you look at up old pictures of what they thought mermen were, the little ones like, that were attacking the like blonde, the ugly things. Yeah. yeah, the ones with the the snaggle uh, with the bookcase. Yeah, those weren't. Those are like. Mm, those are mermen. They weren't mermen. They were. They were not like mermen. They were more like. Uh, there's another mythological beast that they look like. That's underwater. It's like merfolk looked a little bit different. It was like a little. Um, it's like they looked terrifying. I didn't like that, but you needed more humanosity. My favorite stunt of the movie is when <laughs> she has the poker in the lizard, and then the puppet just goes thunk. Right on the floor. <laughs> there, there was no consideration for how that was edited. Like, it's just like you know, there's actually one. I mean, if you want to talk about there's like uh, one lizard thing that did not actually get killed because it stayed in that one spot in like the little brick encasing, just watching and growling. Yeah, it like the, it was like the 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 watcher who was just masturbating in the corner. <laughs> and then you had Catman looking out the window like a creeper. If you want to looking in the window, talk about <laughs> stunts that looked or made the actor themselves, or I guess the character within the film, look a little stupid. Uh, Duke running and just diving through that door down the stairs. <laughs> like he dives in one area and he comes out just rolling down a staircase into the Muckman basement. I don't know if you want to talk about the stunts just looking ridiculous. The whole fight scene between Duke and the old man, Peter. I mean, if we're gonna give props to to door diving, it goes to Peter. Like I said earlier, it goes to Peter. Well, he, he can bust like, the door with his head. Door. Like he did, like a he did like a Superman through the door. Like, he his just arm stretched out. <laughs> He's like, I can understand I can if die. he dove head first, but how's the door breaking if you go hand first? I don't know. Maybe no there's the background that got edited out. Or I could even see kind of shoulder first, kind of going in that way. <laughs> you know, I did not see a disclaimer in the credits or anything that says that no one got hurt during this movie. Please, Please do not try hurt. this at home. <laughs> there are definitely some splinters in those hands. Yeah, just a few. Even if that was like just <laughs> particle board. That was as thin as a as a trailer wall. What, what may have... 
made that scene what make that scene even better is if they put a whoosh sound effect in that dive. Wait a minute, the door. <laughs> <laughs> you know that actually might have made the movie a little bit more entertaining. Just following things up with cartoon sound effects. I mean, it worked for the muck man. Why didn't they follow through with it? Like Duke say, falling down the stairs, the just. <laughs> I don't even know why they were making those sounds. They were just standing there, and then it was just fart sounds. <laughs> like it's not like it Next was like they had movement. The slow walking farts. Right, just oink fart, like, oink fart. You know, like 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 their movement, and it was like just their 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 arms moving or something kind of like that, and their arms were making the fart noises, but no, they were just standing there, and there was no explanation of why there's fart noises. It's the early inspiration for Kevin Kevin Smith's Golgothan shit demon from Dogma. (laughs) You know what's a good thing, though? uh... I wonder. I mean, they look similar. They look similar, and 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 he's pretty much just going all out with it, so... Right. (laughs) <laughs> it's a good thing that, you know, the muckmen were destroyed by water and not by fire. The they whole basement would have, that whole house might have went up. They were not destroyed. I was going to say, they're not destroyed by water. They're destroyed by fermented grapes. Yep. The first one was destroyed by water. There was water on the ground. That's true. Yeah. So it, was it just any liquid? Pretty I much. Guess. They dissolved in liquid. Like, if you get it wet, it dissolves? Sort of the opposite of what happens <laughs> with the mogwai? Yes, if you get it moist, it just it dissolves. Oh, don't use that word. <laughs> oh. I do it just to make you cringe, just for every time you look at it's me just, when I say I have not seen it. It's just one of those words. Yeah, right. What? But you get in the same moist? face. Yeah, see. Again, how do you describe how do you describe scrumptious cake? Spongy. Moist. <laughs> fluffy. <laughs> fluffy. There you go. Spongy, fluffy cake. It's a cake. It's either moist or it's dry. No, spongy or fluffy. is when you go out after it rains in socks. Yeah, that's it's probably one of the few acceptable no. times to say moist. No, that's damp. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. Your face is worth it. <laughs> well, unfortunately, nobody gets to see my face, seeing as this is all audio. Yet. <laughs> Yet. Yet. Yes. Yet. You gotta wait till we go video to pull this kind of shit, and then you can, you can get the full facial reaction. Yeah. You know what? Once we go voice, when we go video, I'll moist it up. Yeah, you can go full moist on Chris. I'm good. <laughs> Thank you, though. I appreciate it. <laughs> All right. So that should be a T-shirt. Full moist. Go full moist. Full moist. Oh boy. <sighs> I might get a shirt with that on it now. <laughs> Any final words about the movie? Everyone should watch it at least once. Oh yeah, if you're a fan of practical effects and you know rubbery monster movies from the '80s, give this one a go. It will. It's completely harmless. I would say. I wouldn't say completely harmless, but I would like. I mean, I would have preferred to have watched this film personally. Like, I liked the movie, but this is something mm-hmm. that like. For a first-time experience, I would have preferred to have like a group of friends over and just watching this together, oh, yeah. just purely for the what the fuck a, moments. It's definitely a drunken midnight watch. Yeah, a few drinks, maybe True. an edible. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Don't oh, go too far with the edible. Would uh, definitely enhance it, especially 
Especially the blue filter scene. Like, what was happening? <laughs> I have I don't know. no idea. That might that might call for some shrooms. I probably I probably would have collapsed with laughter on an on an edible if I saw the the door dive scene. <laughs> I uh, if that's what they did to explain how these people were rapidly aging, if that's what they did for that, I I am terrified to imagine what they were attempting to do with said animation when the grave was supposed to burst open in the end and show the ghosts instead of Creon, you know, laughing with a hole in his head. Mm -hmm. Oh my goodness. Uh, this is... I think this is definitely worth more than a, a once-over. I'll more than likely watch this again. I know that I'm going to be sitting down to watch it with my son because he missed it and he wanted me to just kind of send him the thing on Letterboxd and... Uh, so he could kind of look it over himself. I'm like, I don't think there's any place you can just watch this. We have... I think we have... You said it's on Screenbox, right? It is on Screenbox. It's weird, because I have Screenbox, and for some reason it's not showing on my end. So I had... I, I really? purchased... That's why I ended up purchasing the DVD. I'm like, for the price that they're asking for the, the uh, Blu-ray, why not just buy it instead of renting it? What's Screenbox? It's like another Shutter. It's like a, a horror oh. streaming service. Yeah. I have Screenbox, I, I have Shutter, but that's... I did it on Fandor. That's part okay. of my... Uh, AMC Plus package. They have uh, Shutter as it is attached to that, so it's well worth it. I watch it a little too much, hmm. maybe. <laughs> well, it, at least you're getting your money's worth. You know the weirdest thing uh, between the three of us. I actually think that um, what you call it? Um, oh man, now I'm brain farting on what I was going to say. Huh. Oh God, you're making up noises. Tubi in your has head. the best horror section. I do like Tubi. They have probably like the most diverse horror section of, of most streaming They do. Uh, streaming they got sites. everything from Full Moon to Troma to everything in between. There's a couple of sites that oh, I've appreciated that lately seen. that have things that you can't really find other places. <coughs> Pardon me. Edit that out later. Uh, <laughs> you thought it was going to be me. Uh, rarefilm.com is a really decent place to find a lot of kind of odds and ends that you don't see anyplace else. There's a mm, lot of I things. I remember you sending me a link to that. Yeah, there's a lot of things that Vinegar Syndrome and uh, Arrow Entertainment have pulled. Like they put them on that site, but then they're they've seen the interest in it from that site, and they've pulled it and done a, I guess, an archival release through one of their uh, boutique Blu-ray formats. Uh, huh. I'm kind of talking out of my ass right now, if you can't tell. <laughs> um, <laughs> And there's another one that I think I sent you a link for that one as well that hand is deals specifically with independent cinema. And I'm trying to remember the name of it. It's like New New Wave or New Vision Video or something to that nature. New World? No, no, no. It's it's <laughs> it's an independent film site basically you can go to kind of sit down and watch like I think one of the things they had featured recently is that uh, independent film Murder Size. Okay. I think I, I sent that. I think a couple of my friends worked on that. At the same time, one. I'm blanking on the name of it right now, mainly because I'll have to. I talked to them mainly through, I guess it was X. Now it's Twitter, and trying to figure out where it is in here while I'm just doom scrolling for the next 20 minutes because so many people have just filled my box with inane crap that I can't find it. <laughs> <laughs> they reached out and thanked me for sharing which is like what most people do or thank you they reach out personally to thank you and try to get you to go over to their youtube page it's like no nope, i'm good 
Thank you. I, I, I followed you because I listened to the podcast or this, that, and the other thing, the YouTube page right now. Some of them are good. Some of them are just sort of the same video version of what I just listened to. So mm-hmm. I, I have more time to do audio than I do video because the job that I work at, I can pop in a set of earbuds and just listen to podcasts for eight hours a day and just bop around doing that. So same. time well wasted. Uh, it's just nice to have something going on in the ears all day long. Yeah. I, uh, I can agree with my job. Uh, you know. Well, if o- Other I... things. Like, like, uh, like if you're working in, like, retail and they're playing the same, like, playlists with the same 13 songs. <laughs> you mean around Christmas time where you hear nothing but Mariah? Yep. All I want for Christmas is for you to shut the fuck up, Mariah. <laughs> they actually had... At the coffee shop that I went to earlier this morning, they had a, a tip jar. And on one side, it said, who's your favorite Christmas singer? And on one side, there's Frank Sinatra. And on the other side, it's Mariah Carey. And I'm like, does anybody ever put anything in Mariah's dish there? And they're like, oh yeah, a lot of people. I go, then I don't ever want to meet those people. Not that, <laughs> I don't, not that I can't appreciate some of Mariah Carey's squeaks. However, I just... I can appreciate Mariah Carey as a singer. The Christmas version of Mariah Carey, like, 90% of the Christmas version of certain singers I cannot tolerate. Harry Connick Jr. I can deal with. Frank Sinatra I can deal with, you know. Because they have a catalog of songs. They don't rely on one that they play over and over and over and over. Yeah, hasn't she, like, re-recorded that, like, several times throughout the last couple years? Four? Yeah, at least four times. Since she came out with it in the 90s. Because she did one, like, in the 90s, the original. It's like, hey, you didn't think of maybe something new to let people listen to? There's a lot of Christmas songs out there. The sad thing is she did a new song, a new Christmas song, with Jennifer Hudson and uh, Ariana Grande. And it's a good song. It's just not played on the radios. It's probably because people have a little bit of Mariah exhaustion. If you you rely on one song... All I Want for Christmas... If you rely on one song for over a decade... Last Christmas by Wham or All I Want for Christmas? Uh, Oh, good lord. All I Want for Christmas? Uh, (laughs) That's a... I'm going Mariah on this one. Oh, Sophie's Choice right there. Uh, (laughs) No George Michael fans here, I guess. You guys hate George Michael more than Mariah. I don't hate George Michael, but that song is just... At least, All I Want for Christmas has me a small beat I can twerk to. I would say I have <laughs> an equal amount of lack of love for both of their Christmas catalogs. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't say that I hate more, one more than the other. I could live a perfectly acceptable life with never hearing either one of them again, and I know I'll come across them again. You can't walk into a grocery store without hearing one of those songs going over the speakers. I don't, and <laughs> since we're on the subject, I was thinking the other night, if Paul McCartney was never a Beatle, he would still be a very successful one-hit wonder with uh, simply having a wonderful Christmas time. <laughs> oh, God, that song. I fucking hate that song. Okay, that one I don't mind. That one uh, I don't mind. It's right I'd up there with the words over and over, over, over again. 
I'd rather listen to that you, that War is Over song over and over. I, I know the synth is very obnoxious towards the end of that song, but it's just, it's infectious at the same time. A lot of groups relied on synth way back when. A yeah. lot like, of them. The, the only time I can get behind the uh, repetitiveness of like a, a phrase is probably in Crimson and Clover. I want to say the... By the original or by Joan Jett. I want to say simply having a wonderful Christmas time is probably right up there with that uh oh the the David Bowie Bing Crosby version of Winter Wonder was it Winter Wonderland? Oh, oh, oh. god. And I love both of them. <laughs> but what was going on when they recorded that? I can say one person that has a good Christmas album is probably Kelly Clarkson. Like she has some songs that are original and she does some like some of the older ones but it's actually good. I'm trying to look up... Uh, and there's very few artists I will listen to, like, a Christmas album specifically by them. Like, Christina Aguilera had one. I think I listened to, like, three songs, and they were all original ones. Because there's only so much... Oh, I can get behind. All the uh, the over-singing. I'm trying That's to figure out... Kind of, like, go to, like, punk rock Christmas music. Like, uh, listen to the a... punk covers of... All those songs. There was a series of albums oh. that I actually kind of appreciated. Um, they were called A Very Special Christmas, and they did a series of them, so they actually brought artists. They only had them do a single song on each one of them. So they had artists like John Cougar, Mellencamp, Run DMC, Stevie Nicks, Bob Seger, Madonna did a version of Santa Baby at one point. Uh, and the Tom Petty song that's in Home Alone is... Uh, got its debut on volume two of that. Right, exactly. The, it was the second one, right? Yeah. So I, I appreciated those, and there were actually a couple of like punk Christmas albums that they did that I kind of appreciated. Yes. Who doesn't appreciate uh, Run DMC's Christmas in Hollis? I love that song, and it's a great video, too. <laughs> it's, it's 80s cheese all the way. I'm trying to figure out how we I got that. I love that it opens Die Hard as well. Don't you got any Christmas music? Hey, man, this is Christmas music. <laughs> God, that just reminded me of this movie I watched called Love Hard with Nina Dobrev. She's supposed to be doing a Christmas karaoke, and she ends up doing um, uh, a song by Meatloaf. I just forgot the name of the song, and I actually like the song. I Do Anything? Yes! <laughs> she ends up like, she's singing, I, I she ends up like... A lot, and that's just that's the one that's the most karaoke that I can think of in his catalog. <laughs> she did it, and the announcer's like, we're doing this chick's version of a Christmas song, and she ends up like having an allergic reaction to something. She looks grotesque, and it's such good. So good. Right after I'm done here now, I'm going to go watch like stupid Christmas movies, just for the hell of it. <laughs> you should watch Love Heart. It's on Netflix. I'm actually going to watch Black Friday, which is technically a Christmas movie. I've been wanting to watch uh, it. With uh, Bruce Campbell? Yeah. Isn't that technically a day after Thanksgiving Christmas movie? It's Christmas shopping. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that and uh, I, the uh, worst, I want to say they, what they've rated as one of the worst holiday, holiday movies of all time, uh, Silent Night, Deadly Night 2, which has become like a meme. There's this one, the one guy in that film. The garbage day meme, yeah. Yeah, the garbage day meme. It's, uh, hey, Alexa, be quiet. Yeah, Alexa decided to chime in there for a minute. I don't know that we said anything that sounded like that. One of the uh, uh, maybe she just wanted to chime in on Christmas movies. <laughs> one of my or favorite maybe she Christmas thinks she's for the garbage. One of your favorite what? I'm sorry. One of my favorite Christmas specials is "And All Through the House" from Tales from the Crypt. 
Right. Oh god, I missed the original Trails from the Crypt movies. I like the movie of them. I always wanted to see. I'm really disappointed that Santa they Claus. Go ahead. I'm disappointed that they didn't continue with the Tales from the Crypt movies because I loved Demon Knight and I loved Bordello of Blood. Yeah, they're both really good, especially Demon Knight. Billy Zane just acts his ass off in that movie. That was a good movie. It's one of those films that I point to when you try to show like an actor's versatility. There's just a... Yeah. Like with... Oh, God, what's his name? Leonardo DiCaprio. Why did I forget that name for a minute? <laughs> and Alexa over here is still trying to chime in. I'm not talking to you, Alexa. Be quiet. <laughs> when I think of Leonardo DiCaprio and I think about his versatility, the first thing that comes to mind is What's Eating Gilbert Grape and his performance as Arnie in that film. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. That, that was a gut-wrenching movie. It was good. When I think of Tommy Lee Jones, I immediately go to Batman Forever when he played Two-Face. That is probably one of the most outlandish performances. He out-acted... <laughs> Jim Carrey in that movie, as far as I'm concerned. You think so? Oh, I really did. Because Jim Carrey, you expect it from. You expected it from him. And I feel like Tommy Lee Jones loathed Jim Carrey so much during that movie, which is like a known fact. He hated working with Jim Carrey. That he decided to step it up and outplay him. And I think he did fantastic as Two-Face. If you're going for a campy version of Two-Face, that was perfect. That's, you know what? I always gave I always gave him a lot of shit for uh, for his two face. <laughs> I'm I'm more of a Richard Richard Mule, Mule, uh, two face guy. Okay, rest in peace. Right, right. I mean, I I liked him better than uh oh what I'm trying to remember the guy's name the guy that played it in the Dark Knight. Uh, oh, Aaron Eckhart. Yeah, I liked him. Whatever like, happened to him? Like I thought he was gonna be like. A guy, you know, like a movie star, and he just kind of fell off after Dark Knight. I think he's still doing say, I things. Think he but... still has a penis. <laughs> yeah, just that we said he fell off, I... not it fell off. No, he's like I thought he was going to be a guy, and I'm like I yeah. think he still am. What yeah. I mean by that, like, 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 <laughs> I know, big, yeah. <laughs> Like, big. He's going to be the next big thing. He's yeah. still doing stuff. It's just, I think almost everything he's doing right now is, like, B-list under the radar. He's playing supporting characters. Yeah, it's, it's sad, in a way. I mean, he's a great Because everybody actor. else in that movie, like, they went on, to, except for Heath Ledger, everyone went on to do, like, bigger things. And... You know that if, if, if Heath Ledger were still here, he would have blown up after that movie. Like, he, he still went on to do, um... The Imaginarium of Dr. Parnassus. Yeah. I mean, they... that turned out pretty decent. I mean, for a movie that had to get halted midway through and Terry Gilliam had to figure out a way to fix that his main actor died, he... I think he interweaved the, the, the story very well. Right. You are now several different characters instead of just one, or several different people all being one character. Yes. And the way he interwove it is that that character was never himself. He was always a con man. So when he goes into this alternate realm, he's a different person. I mean, a, I mean, that's a, that's a good way to solve a... That's a film issue, I don't think gets talked about enough. editing issue. That was a, a classy sure way to do it. They could, try to do. they could have just killed the project if they wanted to. And I think mm -hmm. they, they did it the classy way as they, they figured out a workaround. Right. And they, they kept what would have been his last work completely alive. And did a pretty damn good job of it. Yeah. It's a, it's a pretty good movie. All right. I don't think I've seen it since it came out, but I remember like 
walking out of the theater like entertained. I saw it earlier this year. I've got it in my voodoo rotation. I, I kind of cheat the system a little bit. I, uh, I, okay. I purchase a lot of movies to get the uh, code out of it. So like mm -hmm. I'll, I'll purchase movies, we'll watch them a couple times here, and then once we've watched it, I'll download the Voodoo code, and then we will move on. We got a local new and used media place that we love going to, uh, Bull Moose. That's where I get all my boutique Blu-rays for the most part. So anything from okay. like, what is it, 88 Films, uh, Arrow Entertainment, so on and so forth, I pick it up from there. I can pick it up directly from the site, but why not support both the company and, you know, my... The filmmaker itself, yeah. The filmmaker, yeah. I mean, I think that I would love to see certain places distribute independent films a little bit more than they do. I guess you gotta... Yeah. You I was gotta... talking to my friend earlier about that. The reason we had, like, movies like Spookies and Night of the Comet and... what, what any, other, any other VHS horror or sci-fi cult movie you can think of. The reason that a lot of those happen is because, like, a lot of those independent companies like big studios big distribution companies took chances on them and you could distribute vhs a lot cheaper than you could um dvd now right back then and, so and that's why that's why, the, that's why the, the community was a lot bigger back then well at least the distribution community was a lot bigger i have to go out and purchase another copy of your movie why did it like, because i've passed it around so much it's getting a little worn so it's it's gone. I've, I I passed it around to people at work and friends from my other job. Like a lot of people have watched it now. So I actually I've um, never seen your movie. I need to see it. Well, it's called Slaughter Beach. And we're gonna do like a shameless mm -hmm. plug here, and you can buy it pretty much anywhere now. It's on it's on streaming on Amazon Prime. It's uh, you can buy the physical copies off. Uh, BestBuy.com, FYE.com, or you can get the limited edition Blu-ray on SRScinema.com. That's and you can follow us, Clock Out Films, at Instagram. Go to SRS Cinema. That's what I, where I went. I got the I got the poster and everything. I actually have to go get a frame for the poster because it's going up in between everything over here. It's going I get on a my wall. Poster. I need I need I need your address so I can send it so I can get signed. Absolutely. And it's not a shameless plug. I actually should have given you the time to do it at the head of the podcast and instead of the beginning. Oh, or right. instead of the end, do, sorry. Like, some, some shifting around. And, right. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, we're just going to pull this shameless plug moment right. and put it all the way This is good. It, it's funny, we're making fun of the editing of Spookies and how much turmoil they went through. And now, I, th I think I think karma is going to hit you, Chris, and you're going to find yourself in that same situation. I'm going to find myself like, in a bad edit. this episode make sense now? I had a bad editing situation <laughs> recently where my cat unbeknownst to me had knocked the wire out of the wall while I was recording and I wasn't looking over here and everything had stopped the computer went dead and so I missed the second half of a podcast that I had uh, done with another podcast group uh, the strange and beautiful, strange and beautiful. Pod. yeah the one we did we were there for that right yep and so I had to get their audio but when they sent it to me half of the audio was just garbled and jumbled and so I had to do, like, choice editing to kind of clip out certain things. Oh, no. We got maybe <laughs> maybe 75% of the podcast. The other 25% kind of hit the editing room floor. And well, then... Sorry, guys. This is going to be a, a shorter episode than usual. 
when I put it out, I loaded it up wrong. So the front end of the podcast ended up in the back end, and the back end ended up at the front end, and I had to go and pull everything down and switch everything around. Oh. So I've had my own editing issues. <laughs> it's probably... And, and it's audio, and audio is like a bitch to get just right. They yep. have bad a bad signal in their house so they can like record their own stuff and if you've ever listened to the strange and beautiful book club podcast they are like podcasting reviews almost asmr the way that they talk it was just very calming listening to them do the podcast and then them being on the podcast opposite me and piper who are uh very animated <laughs> and they're very calm. It was sort of a wonderful contrast. It was interesting. Uh, That's funny. <laughs> trying to drag them back on again. They're uh, going to try to work with us for an idea that we have, uh, we're have. we working on called uh, Romancing the Thunderdome. Romancing mm. the Thunderdome. If you've had a chance to like listen it. to our podcast, we do this little thing at the end where we'll pitch a movie. Either we'll try to uh, pitch a sequel to whatever we're talking about, which, we, like, we talked about the sequel, like, how it would go. Mm -hmm. Or we grab cards from a deck, from a, a movie uh, movie uh, game called Pitch Storm, uh, which I, mm. uh, I'm i trying to remember the other games that they make. Uh, they mostly play make card-based games. It's from uh, Skybound Entertainment. And okay. basically the idea is you get a plot and you get a premise, and you have to make a movie out of two pieces that don't seem to fit together. And whoever makes the best pitch wins. Well, we kind of fit that into our podcast. And the idea that we were all working on was, what if we took romantic couples from different movies, whether they be from uh, romance movies, romantic comedies, comedies, horror, like any couple from movies and fit them into a horror movie situation versus another couple? Which couple do we think would have the skill set to survive that particular situation. Huh. And it's just sort of a debate. A couple. And the whole idea is we're going to have at least three to five people on the panel and whoever is the general consensus after going through the debate and kind of pitching how the movie would go whoever, whichever couple is the general consensus will move on to the next step. Sort of like a uh, NCAA so basketball like bracket. the game? Yes, basically. <laughs> Just some ludicrous monster. Now, you know, I'm going to have to add all the monsters from this movie. Just put them on the spinner. Just the weird spider oh woman goodness. from Spookies or something, you know? Spider bitch. But she gets her own main movie. You know, it's not just Spookies. It's... <laughs> See, and I already know who I'd, who I'd want to put her against because I know they'd whoop her ass. Who? It's a couple, yeah. Romancing the Thunderdome sounds like Romancing the Stone. I would put Kathleen Turner and Michael Douglas from Jewel of the Nile and Romancing the Stone. That's actually a good pick. See? I'm not saying that that'll actually happen, but it's a good pick. Oh. I know. I, mean, <laughs> really like, I know you're pick. not saying it's I, like, can, uh, I can't even think I'm, of a better one, because they are really good in that movie together. Like, Kathleen, they were great in the... Like, all the, the movies that they did together were, were pretty damn good. Like, I have you seen uh, War of the Roses? Of course, yeah. I have not. It's, a, it's another with the trifecta. Kathleen Turner, Michael Douglas, and Danny DeVito. Yeah, you add Danny DeVito oh to my the God. Mix, gold, so. You add Danny DeVito to any mix in this gold. Well, Kathleen Turner and Michael Douglas were both basically the straight men. You had to have the comic relief. Mm -hmm. 
<laughs> Danny's perfect. Wait, for was that. Danny DeVito in? Was Danny DeVito in Jewel of the Nile, or was he was he in both? In Romantic and Stone. He was in both. I know he's in. Wait, I know he's in Jewel of the Nile. Oh, he was in both. Yeah. I need to rewatch those movies. I actually love those movies. He kind of follows them. He followed them around in the eighties. He did. A, he did mm-hmm. a few different projects with them, whether at, with them as a group so or individually. So yeah, he followed them around. Kathleen with the Turner's voice. Kathleen Turner's voice is the reason she got Jessica Rabbit. Oh yeah, without a doubt. That raw, husky, feminine, sensual almost voice. A, almost kind of like a cigarette voice. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and she, Kathleen Turner didn't age very well. Uh, give her a break. <laughs> okay, I'll give her. I'll give her a break. I'll give her a break. Well, I'll, I'll be. She now? I'll, 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 I'm just saying, like, back when I watched her in, like, the 80s, like, I had a thing for Kathleen Turner. But, like, after seeing her as Chandler's dad, maybe not quite as much. Oh. Mm. Oh. Yeah, you didn't remember that? I didn't watch Friends. You didn't watch Friends. Okay. Kathleen Turner plays <laughs> Chandler's father. But she's not playing. She's not playing a transgender. She's basically playing a cross-dressing man in the TV show. So basically, they're saying that if you take off the wig or whatever else, it's a man underneath. So she's playing a you cross-dresser, know, not somebody that's transgender in the TV show. You know who else could play a cross-dressing man, but is still a woman? Who? Fuck, I forgot her name, but she played on Third Rock from the Sun. Kristen. Oh, Kristen. Oh, yeah. I can't can't remember her last name. Worth the life of me now. Kristen Johnson. I thought on Third Rock from the Kristen Johnson. I thought on Third Rock from the Sun she was supposed to be a man. No. Nineties sitcoms were such a different era, weren't they? They were. I really liked that show though. John Lithgow is, is fantastic as a comedian. He is. I like yes, his, is. his comedic. He even timing. had like a good sense of humor about him in the Twilight Zone. One of my he had favorite, a good, like dark sense of humor. One of my favorite movies was him in uh, Raising Cain. Raising Cain. I don't think I saw that one. He, he was great as the villain in um, Buckaroo Bunzai. If you get a chance to pick up a copy of Raising Cain, look for the copy that actually has the editor's cut along with, or the director's cut along with it, because it's two uh, completely you know, different versions of the film. They, the way that they edit it together, the original film that went out into the theaters, it didn't make a lot of sense. But when the director got permission to edit it the way, uh, sorry, edit it the way that he actually wanted it, and you watch the film again, it makes complete sense. (laughs) You know where he was a good villain? Where was he a good villain? Shrek. (laughs) Lord Farquaad. Lord Farquaad. Plays in Shrek. That is... For anyone, anyone adult watching that movie, you know that that was just shy of them calling him a fuckwad. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Lord Fuckwad. Lord Fuckwad. What a world we would be in if Chris Farley stayed alive to complete Shrek. Oh. Uh, just stayed wait, alive in what? general. He was originally Shrek, and Mike Myers took over after he died. Oh, I did not know that. I wonder. I just learned she- something. I wonder if they still have any of his originally recorded lines. They are somewhere. It it's, was like very early, very early um, character design animations. See, it's one of those things that get buried that I really want to see. Like the original cut of Back to the Future before they brought Michael J. Fox on to replace Eric Stoltz. Mm-hmm. Or uh, I don't know if you've seen a movie called Tiptoes where uh, 
Gary Oldman plays the uh, dwarf brother of um, Mike, uh, Matthew McConaughey. I believe I remember. I vaguely remember that coming out. Uh, the the actual theater release and the original director's cut. There's like a forty five minute difference between the two film because films because of how much they cut out. And it was wow. supposed to be a much more sentimental movie than the almost purely comedic movie that they put out in the theaters. So there's a, there's a lot of things. Or the rated R cut of Mrs. Doubtfire that they have floating around somewhere. There's a rated R version of Mrs. Doubtfire. They... You know how, you know how uh, they allow... Is this, is this like a re-edited version to be R-rated? Or is it just all of like Robin Williams is like... R-rated riffing that they kept in the cut. I think that's what it was. Was you know how they they let comedic actors kind of riff and they figure out what they like yeah. and what they don't want. And almost ninety percent of the movie, all the stuff that he did was riffed. There was a basic guideline, but he kind of went with it. And a lot of his lines were sort of his own thing. I and, believe it. I believe that there's an R-rated version of. You know that. Come to think of it, yeah. There's Robin good... Williams, his, his stand-up's pretty <laughs> raw, so I assume that if they were just like, Robin, just do whatever for this take. All right. Robin's one for of those. Robin Williams, a script is basically an outline. Yeah. Can you imagine if there's an R-rated version of Aladdin out there somewhere? Oh, there probably is. <laughs> well, maybe uh, maybe Disney will do the right thing and, and release some of the R-rated versions of his films. What do you think? There, there might be a TVMA version of Mork and Mindy. How about a nice R-rated version of uh, Peter Pan? Hook. Sorry. Hook. I don't know, motherfucker. All right. Well, I think that's uh, that's not a bad uh, little bit for today. Thank you for uh, coming over here and joining us again, Dan. I appreciate oh, yeah. you Yeah, Thank by. you for having me, Trey. This was fun. Of course. I, I had a blast watching um, Spookies last night. Right, you're you're welcome back anytime. Throw something like this at me, and we'll watch it. We'll watch something else. I'm that was a blast, and I'm actually happy to hear that we all were watching it for the first time. So it's a first take yeah. for every one of us. Mm-hmm. Uh, Maybe real soon we can like do like a uh, a Christmas episode and just some obscure Christmas uh, movie. Oh, it doesn't sure. have to be horror. I'm sure there's something you can just be, you can just weird be an old, out there. Crappy, weird Christmas movie, like a Santa Claus about. versus the Martians or something like that. <laughs> that was what my mind went to originally, but I'm like, would that be worth a podcast, though? It might be. It might be worth like just breaking down the original film and maybe seeing how it might be recast or somebody would would redo it, uh, doing mm-hmm. like a remake. My it's brain definitely, is it's definitely like the the an unofficial Ed Wood movie. <laughs> if you couldn't, if you couldn't tell by uh, how I was stammering right there, my brains have kind of trickled out the right ear and gone on their own for the day. So, <laughs> uh, so on behalf of uh, myself, Miss Piper, uh, if you'd like to, in the words of Miss Honeybee, drink some water, you thirsty bitches. <laughs> That's like the unofficial way that we end the podcast. Like year three, she started doing that, and it's been the same way ever since. Drink some water, you thirsty bitches. Drink some water, you <laughs> thirsty bitches. These pretzels are making me thirsty. <laughs> They're so salty. This is Two Chicks Talking Flicks, where we review movies. We try to dig deeper and go more in depth. For and profound for me. Yeah, um, for me, 
I'm just like, what? We even bring up relevant topics. I remember from Punky Brewster <laughs> that you don't go inside the fridge. No, you- and we're here to have those tough conversations. Mm-hmm. And she was wearing a white dress, which very... Yellow. Huh? It was yellow. So if this sounds like the podcast for you, please enjoy new episodes every Tuesday. Yeah. Hi, I'm Rachel. And I'm Matt. We are the hosts of the Strange and Beautiful Book Club. On the Strange and Beautiful Book Club, Matt and I share our adventures discovering forgotten movies, television shows, and books in the science fiction, horror, and fantasy genre. Not necessarily good movies, though. Oh, certainly not. We love a good, bad movie. The quirkier, the funnier, the more campy, the better. But we talk about some classics, too. Of course, we can't ignore our favorites like Highlander or the 1990s vampire cop television show Forever Night, which we are currently covering one episode at a time. As if I could forget. Oh, hush. You love every minute of it. Come join us every week as we discover, discuss, and dissect fantasy, horror, and sci-fi genre classics. New episodes release every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. So remember, sometimes the strangest things are the most beautiful, too. So be who you are and love what you love. Until next time, friends. Bye. Bye.